You are listening to the Photo Bomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Hello there. I wanted to quickly touch on a couple of things. Okay, but do I have to take my pants off? No, you don't have to. No, I do not want to touch on those things. <laughs> nice, nice segue. Yeah, hey, yeah, I do what right. I can. I try to make the funny. <laughs> uh, my wife gets a lot of calls from brides. You know, she has a lot of weddings, beach weddings. She has small receptions for beach weddings and that sort of stuff. And um, she is constantly frustrated by budget. And um, we find it funny. I guess it's not funny because people don't know, okay? But here's a typical call. I would like to get married on the beach, and I would like you to provide the chairs, the arch, the officiant, the flowers, and all of that. And I'd like to have a small reception as well. Mm -hmm. Chairs, tables, venue, flowers, centerpieces, DJ, Mm -hmm. photography for the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I've got 80 people. Mm -hmm. Great. What's your budget? $5,000. No, that's not going to happen. That's, not, that's nowhere near. It, I, no way is that going to happen, and it happens all the time. A whole wedding with A everything whole wedding for with everything. Bucks? Liquor, food, photography, DJ, complete setup, ceremony, and reception for $5,000. You are living in a world of make-believe. Yes, you are. <laughs> what are you? Are you no, that's not going to no happen. No can has. No. no. No can has. And she gets these calls all the time. And you know, in their head, they're thinking like, oh, okay, I've got a hundred. So even a budget of, of 80 or $90 a person, they're like, well, you know, here's what they're thinking. They're thinking for $5,000, I could throw a hell of a party. And that's what I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. And they're not considering, no, no, you're also asking for chairs, tables, linens, centerpieces, efficient, photographer, disc jockey, food and drink. Well, that's part of a party, I guess. But there's all these ancillary, not to mention the person who puts it all together has to be paid. The venue has to be paid. Uh, you know, the guys who park the cars have to be paid. There's three guys hauling chairs. They got to be paid. There's, you know, and then people just don't, they just don't know. With well, weddings, they don't know what's involved. With, with, with lots of things, people don't know what's involved. Anything that's outside of their own area of expertise, they don't know what's involved. Listen, because if you learn- go to their job and ask them to do something for a ridiculous price, they go, oh, buddy, let me tell you what. Burp, 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 you know? Yeah, right. Uh, like when you watch Shark Tank and they have people in there and they say, what do they retail for? Nineteen ninety-five, And what do they cost to make? Two fifty, And you think, oh my gosh, two fifty, and you're charging $20, you must be a millionaire. No, 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 because that's two fifty just to manufacture it. There's another $12 of that nineteen ninety-five that is going to marketing and salaries and overhead and all this other Patenting stuff. Patenting the invention. And everything. Yeah. And with weddings, man, people just do not get how expensive it is to put all that stuff together. No idea. Yeah, I mean, yeah. really? $5,000? I know photographers who charge $5,000 or more just to shoot the wedding. Yeah, I've been paid yeah. that more than that plenty of times. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. so no, you're not going to get your whole wedding, food, drink, and everything for five grand. So how do you manage that? Do you go, well, i tell you what I can do for $5,000. That's kind of what she does. She says, I can drive yeah. over to your house, smack you really hard, and then drive <laughs> well, home. The favorite thing is that people will say is they'll say, well, what if I cut down on the number of guests? 
And then she has to explain that's not where your problem is because no matter how many guests, you still have to have a DJ and you still have to have a photographer and you still have to have an officiant. And it you doesn't still have matter to have, whether my crew is bringing over 80 chairs or 25 chairs. Right. They're bringing over a right. van I mean, full of chairs. There may be a small, yeah. For that, for chairs particularly, there may be a small discount but for less people, but that's not your problem. Your problem isn't the number of people. The problem is that everything that's involved with a wedding it just takes a lot of money. You know what I've, I've really realized over the years, Bure, is that the world's full of dum-dums. Just dumb dumbs okay. everywhere. We're just surrounded by dumb right. dumbs. They like, are. Like they absolutely it, are. In the way people, dumb dumbs, you know, just just in traffic, in restaurants, just dumb dumbs. I was watching a commercial for some sort of uh, I don't know something medical, some some pharmaceutical device. Yes. And you know how they always have the warnings. Yes. And the warning was, do not take this if you are allergic to any of the ingredients. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> It was just the one. Do not take this if you're allergic to any of the ingredients. And I thought, <coughs> I thought you're doing the world a disservice because people who would take something, when people would say, "I'm allergic to shellfish. I'm going to take this. What's this got in it? Uh, shrimp? Eh, I'm going to take it anyway." That's a person who we need to die. Yeah, let them go. You know, it doesn't say read the ingredients before you take it or whatever. It's saying you know you're allergic to something that's in this. And you take it anyway. We're going to warn you and say you shouldn't do that. I'm about survival of the we fittest. Need, yeah, we need these people to check out because we do not need them reproducing. There are too many people on the planet as it is right now, Bure. Too many people. Don't take this if you're allergic to any of the ingredients. You really? Know, That's something you need to warn me about? So you know you know, Julie's grandfather lives with us. Right. right? He's 87 and he watches uh, the news all day. And his his thing is... Because he sits there, you know, he'll sit on the the sofa, and he, that's not all he does. I don't want to be a disservice. He's very helpful, uh, but he watches the news a lot. And so his thing is, is why he watches the news is because news cycles repeat, right? Okay. So the same programs all the time. And so he says, you know, if I get up to go to the bathroom and I come back and I miss something, it'll just be it'll on come in back another around. thirty minutes, like Sports Center. Back. So he doesn't want to like get involved into a movie, have to go pee and come back, and I'm like trying to go like, okay, we got the DVR. This is the DVR. <laughs> if you push pause, you can, but you know, it's, right. he's 87. He's, 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 he does born that, in 1929 or 1928. Like, give him a break. And so, um, when you watch the news a lot, and the news is on my in my house all the time, all of them, everything from CNN, Fox News to Al Jazeera, America, BBC News. He doesn't care, just news, just right, news, right? In the house all the time. So many prescription drug commercials. Oh my god, yes. And I was watching this one prescription drug commercial, and it was for a um, supplemental diabetes medication. Okay, and um, it was like. You know, they'll, they'll take, they show the people having a good time and everything's great and they're walking in the park and then this whatever has solved their problem and then they start talking about the side effects. And this is a particular medication for diabetics to take that will help lower their blood sugar. And there were two things that stood out to me. One, one of the side effects was extremely low blood sugar. Okay. Of the medicine that you take to lower your blood sugar. Well, <laughs> that would seem to be <laughs> a like, good thing. Be careful of... Extreme low blood pressure. It's like, now I'm taking two things for my blood, for, or not blood pressure, right. blood sugar, sorry. I'm taking, it's supposed to give you low blood sugar, and it says watch out for low watch blood sugar. Watch out for sugar. the low blood sugar. Here's the other thing. Now when they get to the end, they leave the really messed up things to the end. Right. They go, Might cause some discomfort, vomiting, diarrhea, yes. nausea, itchiness. Anal fissures. Yeah. <laughs> and then the really messed up things come, and it's like, call your doctor immediately if you develop brain cancer. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I need to have that warning. One of, no, seriously, one of the side effects of this medication, and it was liver cancer. 
it said on the commercial. It's like may cause liver cancer. You know, your blood sugars are really nicely sitting there at about ninety instead of one twenty, but you're dying of liver cancer. That's right. And it was it was just one of those things. Like you can't ah, have it all, Gary. I'll take high blood blood sugar. Don't be so stingy. I'll take the high blood sugar. No problem. Don't be so stingy, Gary. You can't have it all. A medicine to help your blood sugar gives you liver cancer. Yeah. Ask your doctor if you have <laughs> symptoms of liver cancer. Is it? And in in some rare cases, you may have suicidal thoughts and rage. Like, I will still take yeah. that. Even if the yeah. only side effects were um, nausea and diarrhea. I'm like, I'd rather have high blood sugar than constant diarrhea. That'd be the worst thing. Yes, think of. yes. Like, and by the way, don't take this if you're allergic to any of the ingredients. <laughs> I'm just. I'm gonna just come out and say that. I'm part. allergic to dum dums. That's what uh, I'm allergic to. Uh, by the way, I tried something new uh, last week. Um, I mean, I don't know if I told you about this. I was listening to a podcast, listening to Freakonomics podcast, and they were talking about sus- great podcast. They were talking about suspenders and belts. How did the belt win? How is it that we all wear belts and hardly anyone wears suspenders? And they talked about it. and They did a whole bunch of reading. Easier it, to beat your kid with a belt than suspenders. Well, yeah, maybe. But they said the truth is suspenders are a much better device for holding up your pants than a belt. And they, they lots of different reasons. Um, but one of the things they talk about... It's not about, contingent upon your waistline? Well, because it directly is in opposition to gravity, you know. And then they had someone who was uh, like a doctor who was saying... Uh, well, he wasn't like a doctor. He actually was a doctor. He was only... <laughs> who was saying that uh, like the belts can pinch a certain nerve and stuff. And he was also saying people who put stuff on their belts, you know, uh, guys like, uh, you know construction guys and stuff like that, that they said that he said, weight on your belt transfers six times to your spine. So 10 pounds of something on your belt is like 60 pounds on your spine. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, wow. And then today when you came in, you're like, are you limping? Remember? Yeah, you're right. Right. And it's because of all this weight on my belt. So I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to buy some suspenders and I'm going to hook them to my belt and I'm going to transfer some of that weight to my shoulders, and this will take some of it off of the hips. So you're going to dress like everybody's great grandpa. Yeah, well, a belt. And well, suspenders. I thought that. Yeah, well, the, well, the belt is you know a big rig with my cameras and stuff. It's more like I'm dressing like a construction guy who's got a big you know thing. So I go down and I buy some suspenders and I put them on and I go out to shoot the wedding and I put the and I put the suspenders on. And I'm like, all right, this is transferring it to my shoulders, and now I don't feel like it's not it's not so heavy on one side. I don't feel like I'm I'm limping as much. This is great. Five minutes in, I'm like, oh. My shoulders are killing me. Yeah. This is because I remember I used to wear my gear on my shoulders, and now I remember why I quit. You can't win, dude. No, you really can't. There's just no way unless we get some sort of an anti-gravity belt. If you're a wedding photographer, dude, you're just gonna die crippled. You really are. Yeah, you That's, really are. Why do you think that there are almost no wedding photographers your age? Because they quit. Well, they started earlier than me, and then they quit. Yeah, yeah. I guess it gets to them. Uh, this begs another question: the the suspenders cost ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Is there a threshold for you where I'm not going to make the trip specific to return this item mm. unless it costs X amount of dollars? I think that if you buy it from somewhere that you go often. I'm not talking about that. Going, going off, it's easy. You throw it in the car and then you remember like you the You get it from Target, like, of course. And it wasn't Target. You go to Target. No, it was the hardware store. It was like Lowe's. And I, you know, and, and, and I, I don't go to Lowe's. You went to Lowe's to buy suspenders? Because I wanted construction suspenders. Oh. I didn't buy like stylistic suspenders. I bought like, you know, heavy duty suspenders that a construction guy bought them right next to the belt. Next stop, back brace, baby. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that my question is, I mean, they're still sitting out there in the garage. And now I'm at that, at that do I want to make a special trip to Lowe's? To return to get these to get this ten dollars back. Just wait until some shit on your house breaks and then go back. Yeah, but you can't come back two months later and try to return something. Yes, you can. Well, I wouldn't. 
Why not? I'd just be like, you can't, you know, I've had it for two months. That's <laughs> like, that's like you used it. Dude, the return policies at Lowe's and Home Depot are so agreeable to the customer. They, they, yeah. they really don't care. Give them the pickle. When I had my construction business, we use these construction brooms. Now this is going to let you in on how cheap and shitty of a human being I am. But, um, we used to get these brooms and they had a seven year warranty on these brooms and they're like good, sturdy construction right. site right. kind of brooms. And we, and I, I did professional construction site cleaning. You know, and and so we would go out and I would wear these brooms down in like three weeks. And then I would take the freaking nubs of the broom <laughs> in with my receipt and be like, this says seven years. It didn't last seven years. It lasted three weeks and they would have to replace them every time. Every I went to Home Depot. But I'm not so sure you're being, I mean, not to, you, you're you going to give me the guarantee you know, and then I'm going to use the guarantee. I understand. All I'm saying is that like, they'll take it back. They, they, right. they, they I mean, you could see after I went into like, the eighth time that the lady at the return counter with the eye roll, like these bastards and their right. stupid brooms again. But they, I mean, she must have thought I was playing a prank. Like I was taking the brooms and like shoving them into a wood chipper <laughs> and then just bringing them back. Like your broom don't work, you know, but you know, they'll, they'll take it. Just, you know, there is no threshold. Well, no, there is. Like if it was something I paid $5 for, I'd go, yeah, screw it. Right. Exactly. There is a threshold. There's a point if where you're like, at a I'm store, not... I didn't go to a lot. Yeah. It, it, how hard is it going to be returned? It? That's really the problem. How much am I, cause so many people don't do this. You'll spend an hour trying to get so $10 back. People, so many people don't do this. Yes. Right. I'm not going to spend two hours uh, out of my day or whatever to, to get 10 bucks because I'm not, I'm worth more than that. No, you know what I do is I just put it in the, uh, to be gifted at Christmas pile. <laughs> Here's some construction spenders. Add it to to dad's stocking. I hope you like them. (laughs) Remember how you were always saying you wanted to get construction suspenders? No, that wasn't you. (laughs) Ah, well, enjoy them anyway. Enjoy. (laughs) All right. uh, Don't forget, if you have questions for us, because we we love to answer questions on the air. Love it. It makes it so much easier because we don't have to think of anything. Yeah, we need no content. Uh, Send us uh, questions to questions at photobombpodcast.com. And on that note, let's get to the questions. We have more questions. This week. We do have more questions. All right. Who's our first question from? Jeannie Blake. Benson of Wendell, North Carolina. Hi, Jeannie. And she says, what, in your opinion, is the worst thing I can submit for my CPP images? Okay. I like this question. Let me go any further. She says, for example, the other day I heard a certified photographer say, for your selected focus image, don't do the subject in the foreground in focus and the parents in the background out of focus. Gah! Everyone does that. That left me thinking, well, crapola. I'm screwed. Was it like a CPP... It's just another certified photographer. It wasn't like somebody who actually judges the image or anything. Yeah, like that. I'm sure it was just another okay, certified let's photographer. Talk, let's back up for a second. Let, let's back up and explain what okay. CVP is. Years ago, uh, the PPA came up with a program called Certified Professional Photographer. So it, you you, uh, you can get a certification through PPA. That's The idea of it is to help set you apart from other photographers to say that I'm certified. And what's required in becoming a certified professional photographer is you have to take a written test. It's like 200 questions. It's, it's 100 questions. Is it 100? Yeah, it's 100 questions. It's, it's like 300 questions. It's like 1,000 questions. It's a 100-question test, and I think you have to get a, 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 a 70 or higher. You have to get 70 questions right to pass. What did you, you get on your test? 73. I think I got, <laughs> I think I got 74. It's a hard test. I got a 72 or 74. It's a hard yeah. test, and it, it, it's everything from like, it depends, it changes along with technology. Every few years they rewrite the test to include new things and get rid of some of the things that aren't relevant, like... Photographers nowadays don't need to know how to use a view camera, you know, that right. sort of thing. Um, but uh, basically, you take a quest, you take a test, and once you pass the test, then you have a certain amount of time to submit a, a bunch of, a panel of images. And these images are judged by a panel that say, okay, they look at your work and they say, this is professional quality work. And so what they did a few years ago is they made it so you have to submit images 
in per, that demonstrate particular techniques. For example, there are twelve images total that go in, and six of them, if I'm correct, I don't. It's something like that. Six of them must demonstrate a, a specific thing. So they'll say, you know, one of the things will be, for example, like in the question, depth of field. Demonstrate that you understand what depth of field is. And so, you know, uh, you you put one image in that category, and it can be from something that you've taken professionally. Or it can be from something that you shot specific for the image submission. It does. I don't think they care. They don't. But, um, you know, it's just got to demonstrate that you understand depth of field. And then one will say demonstrate broad lighting. One will say demonstrate narrow lighting. And there are different tracks. If you're a commercial photographer, there are different categories. Wait a minute. Let me back up. They may care. I know that the images you submit have to have been shot in the last year. and That's the idea, yeah. And I think, no, 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 no. Okay, the, I think the images that you put in where it's, you have to pick, but by the way, let me, let me, let's go even deeper into that. The, the, you have to put six images in that demonstrate a particular concept, and they give you like 10 concepts to choose from. So you choose Correct. like the six concepts you want to demonstrate. I think that those can be shot specific, but then the six images that you put in that are just a review of your work actually have to be client images from the last year. Okay, well, regardless of the specifics, okay. go to certifiedphotographer.com, I believe, and all the information right. is on there. It's a really cool so, program. Right. So it's, anyway. Um, it's a really cool program. I totally right. Boo Ray is a certified professional I'm certified, photographer. So I'm a certified professional photographer. It's a cool program and a great way to just sort of stand out, and it's a really good way to brush up on some photographic knowledge that you may yes. not have. Yes, but here's the thing. But she had that she, and the reason I like her question is because I've, I've actually seen this many times, and I think a lot of CPP candidates who do this... People fret like crazy over Oh, this. my God, they fret over it and um over the image submission part. And because like she said like somebody said oh don't put in the parents and the kid in the, in the foreground and the parents in the background out of focus everybody does that and i'm of the opinion and i don't know if this is true but i'm of the opinion that it shouldn't care it shouldn't matter that everybody does it because it for this particular part of the of the test you are merely demonstrating that you understand and can execute this skill it shouldn't be about whether or not this is done by a million people it's you know, here's a picture that clearly Correct. clearly shows that I understand how, what the female S curve looks like. Correct. Here's a picture that shows that I understand depth of field. Here's a picture that I understand I understand a high key image. Here's a picture that says I understand low key image. And it shouldn't matter what the image is of. Right. However, if you go on Facebook to the forums where people are helping each other with CPP, um, they absolutely critique images. Yeah, way too much. On do you think do you agree? I agree, a hundred percent. I think people fret so much over their CPP image submissions, and because this is so, this is like inside the inside association thing. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, right. but I will just say this is the final word for me on this subject. Do what the instructions tell you to do, and don't try to make every image. It doesn't. It's not like you're not trying to win a competition. Right. You're trying to adequately right. demonstrate that you know certain concepts, that you know what they are. The, the judges aren't going to look at the images and expect them to be like, you know, you know, you've got a panel of certified photographers that review your images over the course of a few weeks. And there's really, I mean, it, it, they don't have to be amazing images. No. They're, I mean, I think everything I submitted was just from like just bread and butter business headshots that I did. Not a one of them was something that I've submitted into competition. You're not trying to show how amazing you are. The CPP is showing that you are a competent professional photographer that understands certain concepts and that's about it calm the hell down yeah calm down I, I it's think, really yeah. it's, it's okay that, I, that's my best advice is do, you're not submitting a case for the international print competition or the wppi's competition you are submitting just to show that you understand certain techniques and to show that your work is of professional quality so relax 
get a couple of people to look at it, say, yes, those will work, and then don't worry about it. When people start nitpicking about, oh, they've probably seen that a hundred times, then no, no, it doesn't matter. No. Put it in. If it's, and you can look at it and you go, is this professional quality work? Yes, it is. And it demonstrates a subject. Go. That's yeah, it. Absolutely. That's because it. I, because my selective focus image was a kid in the foreground and the parents in the background. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't even find what I submitted, yeah. but all I know is that I didn't. I didn't fret over it. I said, yes, this demonstrates that right. adequately and it's, uh, you know, it's color balanced and in focus. Yeah, I'm so glad that I didn't, I didn't consult with anyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, no, I take it back. No, I did. I, I sent those images off to Kevin Newsom and I said, Kevin, uh, the, here's my, here's my images and what they're supposed to demonstrate. And he was like, yeah, that demonstrates them. Yeah. Okay. That looks good to me. Boo Ray. There you go. That looks there, good. Boo Ray. Yeah. So that was all it took. That was that's not bad. Decent, not a bad. Yeah. Not I'm a bad Kevin Newsom. And that's how I see it. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good. Not Kevin. a bad Kevin Newsom. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, like agreed. That. Okay. Yeah. That's totally. Okay. Don't worry if it's if you think it's been done a thousand times. Just submit the images. If it demonstrates the technique, you're in there like swimwear. Don't worry about. Well, it. here's the thing you got to understand about photographers. Well, I would say really people in general that you see on the internet. We're a bunch all the time. of bitchy girls, but especially photographers, is yeah. that we we always want to tell you what's wrong with your image. Always. Even if even you didn't if, ask for it, yeah. Even if you didn't ask for it, and even if it has no bearing on what you're trying to do with that image, oh, Facebook f- photography groups are the worst. You can post a picture and say, "I'm just curious, is the light on her face right?" And 20 people will comment on how her foot's wrong. I didn't ask you about her foot. I'm just, can we just can we ask about the face on the light? There are two magic letters that um, well, somebody will put on an image when they post it into a photography group on Facebook or forum. Uh huh. CC. CC. If somebody posts CC, which is constructive criticism, right? Right. Then, uh, then give it and be gentle. But here's the thing: my rule of thir- thumb, my rule of thirds, my rule of thumb when I'm uh, uh, offering a creative criticism to an image that somebody's posted in a group I'm a part of, is I will pick one thing and I will compliment, say the one thing, and then another compliment. It'll so, it, for example, it'll be like, "Hey, that's a really great attempt. I definitely see what you're trying to do there. You know, the the uh, the color harmony looks great. If I had to pick one thing, I would say that I would have put the light on the other side." Keep doing great work. Looks really good, and that's exactly that's it. That's it. Where some such people, they, a, such a nice. Where boy. some people will get on there and they'll go because, and before I even offer any critique on anybody's images ever, I will I will look down through the comments. Make sure it hasn't been done. Yeah, I'll look down through the comments. And be like, yeah, this person's kind of getting beat up enough. I'm yeah. gonna leave this one. They yeah, don't need yeah, me to yeah, jump yeah, in there. Oh, yeah. Don't pile on. They don't need my don't opinion on. on this. You know. So, but uh, yeah, photographers can be really rough online, especially. And you know who's the worst? Crappy photographers. Oh my god, yeah. Crappy photographers are the meanest. Because they That's know they true. suck. That's true. The real, I, I, you rarely will you see the really good photographers get in there and tussle it up. No, they'll and they'll do. If they do, it'll be great. The most talented photographers, they get in there and they go, "Hey, really great effort here. This looks good. Right. Whatever. The, You've got to come to me specifically and ask me before I will tell you what I think. You don't see image. somebody like a Craig Lemire who's amazingly talented with a big following getting in and beating up people's images because he's insecure about his work. You know, you feel like you just see somebody who really sucks and they're like nanny nanny boo boo and they list like eight things and then you go to their website and you're like, dude, like, bro, yeah, you bro. suck. <laughs> <laughs> bro you suck bro well because my i see it all the time you know my thing with composition is i'm constantly coming across, i'm like oh my god no they'd be so much better if you cropped it this way and my hands reach for the keyboard yep. and i'm like no nope you didn't ask me don't touch it yeah you didn't ask me don't touch it unless somebody, somebody and even and even if somebody does ask for it don't do it right don't do it unless it's like unless your intention in your heart is to really help that person and it is i feel bad for them but other than that, yeah, but if they, but see, the thing is, somebody's only ready to learn when they're ready to learn. If they're asking for help, right. they're ready. If they're not asking for help, then they're putting it up to say, I'm really proud of this. Look at it. I think it's great. And if somebody's in that mindset with their image, 
they're not asking for a critique, then leave it alone. Well, how many times have you heard somebody who will tell you a story about, you know, well, I saw such and such a thing, and then I told them, you know, hey, you know what you need to do? You need to fix this. You need to fix this. And then they call me an asshole. I'm just trying to help them with their images. I don't understand why I'm an asshole. I'm like, you don't understand human nature. You're an asshole who's trying to help them with their images. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't put it up there because they wanted you to come in there and tell them what was wrong with it. They want you to come in there and go, I love this. Exactly. And if if you don't have the heart to do that, then what did your mama say? If you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Let me ask you this on Facebook. Do Do you click the like button as just a way to say, I saw this? No. You click the like button. I actually like it. If because I, I actually button. like it. I only click the like. Yeah. In fact, I've had other photographers that I know and people who are in my area. And when I click like on something, they'll, <laughs> they'll make a comment like, holy <laughs> crap, Gary, thanks for liking my image. I had that with a with, with photographer I knew. Because who, I just don't, who, I don't like yeah. just, it's not like I'm stingy with my likes, yeah, but I want to be genuine yes, about my reaction. Yeah, photographer said to me, she's like, oh my God, Bure clicked like, he never likes anything. And I was like, well, uh, you know, yeah. it's because I feel like I'm, it's my reputation. It's way line. better to be that guy, I think. Right. You know. But also, but it depends, it also depends though. If you're putting up a picture for, that's work. Then, then I'm, I may think before I like it. But if you're like, here's my kids at the party. Well, then I'm liking it to say, that's great. Your kids went to a party. Yeah. It doesn't, why I like it. Sometimes I like, I don't like something because it's great photography. Sometimes I like something because it's an article about a, um, Death Star waffle maker. Right. You know, like, yes, I totally like it. So my question is, is there a criteria then you're like, if it's a picture that someone's putting up that you know is like work. Yeah. Then are you like, okay. Now, if that same person had posted something else, whatever, you would quickly hit like because it's your way of saying, hey, Bob. But when they put it work, now, ah, oh, no. now I'm not going to necessarily like if it. If a photographer really like puts it. up something that it looks like they actually took and put effort into it and it's a professional image that they made. Then the like means something. If, it, if, if I see it, if it comes up in my feed and I go, wow, that's good, then I click like. Right. Right. And I even don't generally write comments on stuff like that. Like if a like to me is as good as a comment. If I comment on something, it's because I've got something funny to say or. See, I'm the other. No, I'm I'm going to say that I uh, have I have loosened up my likes recently. Oh, you. so I, will, I will be more prone just to good likes or just a way of saying, hey, how you doing? Hey, hey, hey. So not all the time. No, if I like to me, here's but, what here's what like means. When I push the like button, it means, man, I wish I'd taken that. Okay, see, not me. Not anymore. I'm, I'm much more prone to go. But here's the thing. It's the comment. And I've done this to you. You've seen me. I like almost everything you post. I hit like, like, like. It's really what I'm saying is, hey, Gary. So sweet. I'm, I'm saying here. But you also know that I've hit likes and then just in the comments, I'll just put, this is awesome. Or if I write that, if I write like this, I know, if you leave a comment on something, if I, I post, yeah, if, I, if that's a picture, and I just go, "This is awesome," or "Great," or "This is great," that means I'm looking at this piece of work, and this is really, really good. The, the like is not necessarily. It's been a, a long time since you've commented. That's on not true. Anymore. You haven't put a lot of stuff up. That's true. You know, I've been working a lot on. But also, the, on you know, I do it the first thing. time I see it. Like if you do something, I'm like, "Wow, this is great," and then you put up three or four more pictures over the course of a week that are the same style and stuff. I don't want to write it again. God, you're so complex. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that I used to be. I, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even hit that like button. And then I'm like, okay, I hit the like button more now. But if I comment and say this is great, that's that's a compliment. I'm just, I'm, I'm not trying to be stingy with likes. I just like it has to. I, it has to make me stop scrolling. Right. If I stop scrolling and look at it, I'm going to click like on it. And then if it's something that I can add to the discussion, I'll comment on it. Right. I've made the mistake recently of getting involved in discussions that didn't need to happen. And and every time... Like I, this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every time I've commented on something that somebody posts on Facebook and I'm getting involved in a discussion with lots and lots of comments, I, I regret it almost every yes. single time. Unless I'm just doing it just to say something funny. Like, right. 
But that's know, what I almost always try to do. Facebook, don't, don't get involved in the pissing yeah. match. Oh gosh, no, it's always a bad idea. Always a bad idea. And it never ends well. And no. it never ends with two people shaking hands digitally and going, I really respect your point of view. It never, ever, ever happened. No conversation. It's like getting into a political conversation. No political conversation has ever ended with, you know what, Boo Ray, you're right. I think I'm, I think I'm a Democrat now. <laughs> they should. Where do I register? Where they I should. Register? <laughs> they should. Because I'm always right. All right, let's take another question. Uh, Justin Bowen from Orlando. I know Justin. He's Justin, a client. Justin wrote in to say, when dealing with a high contrast situation and you don't want to use HDR, is it better to lose the bright or the dark areas? If you can recover either the lights or the darks using software, is one of the is one of the uh, one or the other easier to adjust for in post? What about if you don't use software afterwards? Is it generally more aesthetically pleasing to air one way or the other if you just want the picture straight off the camera? I think that that's a really uh, there's a couple of factors here. A couple of factors. I'll take the first half of the question if you like. Um, in in film photography, if you go back in the day. You would shoot um, differently than you shoot digital. Yes. It's the opposite. Where in film, it was okay for you to blow out the highlights because you had to expose for the shadows. Because in film, if you didn't get detail in the shadows, you couldn't get it back later. But in digital, you have to. You're sh- backwards. No, I'm not. You, okay. Film, you shoot for the shadows. Because you can burn down and get a lot of that detail back in film. In digital photography... It's exactly the opposite thing of what Kevin Newsom said when he was here. No, you thought he was wrong, and this is exactly what Kevin Newsom said. Because Kevin said, because no matter how dark that negative... That, that negative... Oh, that, no, 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 you're right. Because the dark areas on the negative are the light areas on the Because it's a negative, bro. Okay, thank you. All right, you done? I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> I'm CPP. Thanks, yeah, he's certified professional photographer, everybody. <laughs> you can overexpose the crap out of a negative and get it back, but you, if you underexpose a negative, it's a lot less forgiving. Digital photography is the exact opposite. Okay, back up, and I'm going to explain this because I made this, I, I made this mistake twice. now twice. Twice you made this So mistake. I know there are people who are listening. Okay, so with a, with a picture from a negative in the, film, in the days of film, mm-hmm. things that are dark on the negative are light on the print. It's white paper. So if no light gets through the negative to expose the paper, then the paper stays white. Correct. So here's the thing. If you've got something that's too bright in your negative, too bright, very white, on your negative, it's going to be very, very dark. In the dark room, if you shine a light through that long enough, eventually you're going to get some detail out of it. Absolutely. There's some detail in there. You just can't see it with your naked eye. But if you put a light through it long enough, you're going to start to see something and you're going to pull some of that stuff out of this bright white spot that you had on your picture. However, if you have a spot on your negative that is completely black, your negative is going to be clear and you can put a light through that clear negative all you want. You're never going to change. I feel like any of our listeners out there that shoot film are like, yeah, no shit. No shit. <laughs> but, it's, but for people who don't come up shooting film, the idea of negative exposure right. is, is completely foreign to them. Right. So it the, is, in fact, Gary, exactly the opposite. It is. Of is what, it? Of, Thank you. And Justin, to. we appreciate you writing in. Sorry for the long preamble. But the answer to the question is, generally speaking with digital, it's better to underexpose image. Because in, in the case of uh, digital photography, white, complete pure white, is just since digital photography is just ones and zeros, complete pure white is zero 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 zero, which is a complete lack of information. Once you go past a certain point, there's no amount of adjusting that image in post processing that's going to bring those highlights back. Right. Now with with camera raw, you can do a lot. I would say as much as a, two stops, you can bring highlights right. back. But when the, in the case of like a really bright day outside, and let's say that you have to photograph a, a bride or a bus, a big white bus, and it's 
two o'clock in the afternoon and it's better to underexpose that bus because if you don't you'll never get that detail back if you overexpose it now if you're shooting straight out of the camera as far as aesthetics an underexposed image so wait a minute back up and let's clarify to make sure we're clear here sure you're saying the modern digital age if you are shooting then it is if if you have to go one way or the other it is better for your picture to be too dark than too light as a matter of fact when i'm shooting weddings i almost always underexpose every image that the bride is in by almost a full stop okay because I shoot, I, I don't expose for the skin. I expose for the dress. I agree because I agree because when you when you when you go into Photoshop, if you take an image and you have to pick it up, you have to push it up a stop or two. That final image is probably going to look pretty good. But if you take a stop an image and you have to bring it down, it doesn't look right. It's going to look like butt. Yeah, it just doesn't look right. So yeah. you're always always better off bringing them up a little than you are bringing them down. That being said, you're going to have more grain. With an image, I think, that is dark. Because you see the grain in the dark areas usually more than the light. Depends on the camera, depends on the ISO, but we're just talking in generality. All right, go ahead. So then in the camera, however. If you're going to shoot out a camera, I would try to, I would still underexpose. I probably just wouldn't underexpose as much. And it would depend on what you're shooting. Like if you're shooting a, a, a portrait of a high school senior out on a hilltop and you want to expose for her and you're gonna, you've got a gray sky and you're going to blow out the sky... It's not really going to matter to some people if there's detail there or not. I would say if you're shooting straight out of the camera, like if you said to me, you got to take this picture with your camera and they're going to immediately go to Facebook and I'm shooting outside, I would say, okay, I'd rather it be a half a stop overexposed than under. I'd say probably if it's going to go straight to the internet or whatever. Yeah. But because overall, people are used to seeing overexposed on the internet. Underexposed is just dark. Yeah. When you're talking about... Overexposed is a uh, 70s look or yeah, whatever absolutely. the hell you're doing, you know. That's an excellent point. Uh, yeah. So I would... Straight out of camera, I would rather be a little overexposed. And, 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 but then again, I, per, my personal style is I tend to over push push a little bit bright on my image. A little bit brighter, I think, on my images than most people would say. And I'm very dark. Yes, yeah. Very <laughs> dark. You're the dark lord. I'm dark. <laughs> I've embraced the darkness. I'm, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm quiet, how long will this go on? <laughs> a while. <laughs> You've merely embraced the darkness, Mr. Wade. All right, we are out of questions. I was born in it. We're, no? No. They're pretty good, Bane. I was born in the darkness. No? It wasn't no, good? No. I thought it was really it's good. All right, it's not bad. <laughs> I like Fozzie Bear better than the Kermit, though. That wasn't Kermit. What? That, I'm sorry. <sighs> By the way, have you watched the new Muppet Show? No, I hear it's great. It's though. not bad. I hear it's good. It's not bad. Yeah. You know what I've been watching? Speaking of what are we watching right now? Um, I've been watching Gotham. Speaking of Batman. oh, Gotham is the best. The Gotham is the best. And you know what's great about that show? Besides it being great, the lighting and the set director lighting is and yeah. unbelievable. The set design, lighting, and costuming are all really good. Um, here are a couple things. One. Um, I'm not as enamored with the kid who plays the penguin as you are, although I think he does a good job. Right. Um, Jada Pinkett Smith almost single-handedly ruins the show for me. She overacts it so hard. <laughs> She's like... Uh, Fish. Yeah. Her character's name oh, Fish. Oh, God, man. I just want... So, yo, wait, so you're still in the first season? Yeah, I'm just... I'm, okay. I, I'm playing catch-up. Uh, but I'm enjoying you it. You want a spoiler? For those... No, I don't. Okay. Thanks. But for... And by the way, we can't put spoilers on our show. It's not a spoiler because it's in the second season. So I, if I tell you what happens in the first season, I'm not spoiling anything. Yeah, you are. I am me. for you. I don't want you to. All right. God, I hate that. But see, there are other shows like superhero television is very popular right now. You've got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Supergirl. Agent Carter. Supergirl just came out. You've also got Daredevil on Netflix, which Arrow, was awesome. Green Arrow. You got Arrow. Flash. You got The Flash. So I was watch. I watch um, both Arrow and Flash, and it's one of these things where it's like I feel like I'm taking my medicine. Like I'm a comic book and and movie nerd yeah. and and, and yeah. sci fi nerd, so I feel like I'm obligated to watch these. Yeah, shows. see, I don't watch them because they're, they're, it's like uh, it's like um, Superboy back in the '80s or whatever. It's just not quite. 
white quality. Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Oh, Lois Clark was different. <laughs> it was a pretty fun show. Yeah, but there was a, but Superboy was like, eh, no. But the other thing is with kids, too, these shows, as camp as they can be, you know they're safe to watch as a family, right. which is which becomes more important than, I like, you can't watch The Walking Dead with your eight-year-old, you know what right. I mean? Unless you're a really bad parent. Um, that being said, watching like The Flash and, uh, and Arrow, as I have on and off over the last couple of years... Um, I think that Gotham is like a better version of both of those. Like Gotham is what those shows aspire to be. Like if they were on a major network with a better budget and better writers, they probably have. But at the same time, the thing that why Gotham is going to get canceled, why it's not going to, I don't think it'll run. And you know, maybe after eight seasons and and I'm wrong, but people want to see Batman. Yes. That's the problem with Gotham. It's Gotham is very good, and and seeing seeing the Penguin and the Riddler and Poison Ivy when she's twelve and Catwoman when she's sixteen is great. But for the love of God, when is Batman going to yeah. show up? Where the hell's Batman already? Yeah. You're like you're in like it's like this this old Patton Oswalt bit where where he's making fun of George Lucas for the Star Wars prequels, where he's like uh, he said. And you like Darth Vader? Yeah, I love Darth Vader. He's awesome. Well, in this new movie, you get to see him as a little kid. He's like, I don't give a shit about seeing <laughs> him as a little kid. That's right. I don't care where the stuff I love comes from. I just love this stuff. Right. That I yeah, love. it's very. It is very frustrating that knowing knowing that you're never going to see Batman. If if if, if it had nothing to do with Batman, it would be a cool show. Right. But the problem is, it's like you're seeing Batman as a little kid, and you're like, "Fuck!" You're shit never, sake. you're never gonna see Batman. Never, because he's too young. It'll in the run show. for ten seasons, and you You'll still never won't see, see Batman. Batman. Batman is never gonna show up, oh. and you want to see Batman. Maybe if it went for like fourteen seasons, and then you could probably see like Batman like buying his first cape or something. <laughs> you know, you could see Alfred when his hair's all yeah. gone and stuff. Yeah. No, yeah. but it, but it's a good show. I'm enjoying it. But uh, as 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 uh, everybody knows, I'm I are I bought my tickets, and I'm eagerly anticipating the arrival of the. Oh, you did the pre-buy on the, the force awakens the yeah the new star wars yeah. movie totally excited about it like the new trailers come out and all this stuff i'm looking forward to it. i think everybody is excited about the new star wars okay almost i think it's at like 75 million dollars in ticket sales already and it doesn't even come out for weeks did you see the thing about um not funny terminally terminally ill patients who are petitioning to be allowed to see the movie early? Sure. And you know what they should do? Uh, Disney should just pay for plane tickets for all those people, get them out to one screening. Right. <laughs> I don't know. That's a hard thing to say because it's kind of shitty to ask almost because it's like... Yeah, those poor terminally ill patients asking for something, Gary. I'm sorry. Gary. Guess what? I'm going to die before the... You know, there's going to be a Star Wars movie that's going to be coming out and I'm going to be and I'm gonna be dead before it does. Right, know? right, right, you know, right. I, it, that's a, I, you know, I know I seem cruel, but... Like, well, the thing is, I mean, business-wise, it's a multi-billion dollar juggernaut and they can't ha- let a bunch of people see it before it goes out they, that's right because the spoilers will come out disney and they, does not respond or negotiate with terrorists <laughs> <laughs> you bunch of t- they can't do it i saw an article one today it says one guy uh the uh daniel something or other and then like uh and and he's like 35 you know <laughs> It's like, you're 35. I get that you really like Star Wars, but, you know, I don't know. I, I, if I was in that situation, I'd probably be him. And I'd right. be writing letters. I like, want to see it. I want to see it. If there was a good chance I was going to die in the next six weeks, oh. beyond the normal chances that I'm going to die, I would totally, totally write a letter. Speaking of things that piss me off, Star Trek. Do you hear about the new Star Trek show that's coming Straight out? Straight to the web. Straight to the, not just to the web, but to the paid web. Yep, you got to yes, pay. Yes, they're coming out with a new Star Trek series, and it's going to be on CBS's On Demand, and so you have to pay CBS 10 bucks a month or whatever if you want to be able to see the new Star Trek show. 
show. I will not be watching the new Star Trek show. I really like the streaming on demand stuff. I'm, I have Hulu, I have Netflix, I have HBO now. But here's the thing: by the t- they should kind of all get together. Can we just have one? Can we just have one? That'd be great. I mean, Hulu. Oh, you know what we do. You know what it's called? Cable. Yeah, exactly. We have we have that. It's called cable, and then they split it off. Of by it. the but time listen, you get done paying six bucks a month to every single yes. channel, it'll be like cable in the eighties. I'm not paying CBS ten bucks a month because I want to see CBS reruns and the new Star Trek. You know, Netflix had movies and stuff. And I paid for new Netflix. And then when they started adding series, well, that was just value added. Absolutely. But they're going at it reverse now. You know, we want to give you all these old reruns for CBS shows. And the reason you want to sign up, though, is we're going to have the new Star Trek. And no, I'm not paying 10 bucks a month to watch your Star Trek. Everything old is new again. Do you remember cable in the 80s? You would buy basic cable. It was like $30 a month. And you got like 20 channels. Right. And then every other channel... Like from TNT, Disney Channel, Cartoon Network, every channel was an additional amount of money that you had to pay. Like Disney Channel was like an extra eight bucks a month, and that channel was an extra dollar a month. And this is, we're going, I mean, it's the same thing, except now it's a delivery system is online. So now you got to figure out how to get it on your TV. I don't have a problem paying for stuff either. Because I, I think there's a lot of stuff I would gladly pay for if they would, if they would let me pay for it. For instance, I would gladly pay you five or ten bucks a month for Facebook if you would just get rid of all the ads. I would gladly pay for the things like Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. You know, you've got <clears throat> 500 million users. You charge us two bucks a month. You're making a billion dollars a month, and you get rid of the ads. Would you stop saying stuff like that? They're going to start charging. I gotta, yay! Let them charge. <laughs> because <laughs> my point is they've got so many users that it, they could charge a dollar a month. Who doesn't have a dollar a month? You know, Boudre. There are people all over the world that don't have a dollar a month. Okay, fine. Well, you know, I'm not worried about the people in Bangladesh having access to the like button. <laughs> I'm, you know, I don't think they are you either. You heartless, insensitive, <laughs> egocentric It can be an option. It can be an option. You can still keep it the way it is. No, exactly. But let me buy into the no. I'm the guy who gets an app and likes the app. And then it's like, you know, it's supported by ads or you can buy it for do- and I will pay the dollar ninety nine to get rid of the ads. A dollar ninety nine is I just upgraded to my Hulu. It's four extra dollars a month for no commercials at all on Hulu. There you go. Eleven ninety nine. I'm happy to pay for something that I feel is a good value. But you know what I would do in the case of some of these like what I do sometimes like with HBO and stuff like that, when a show I really want to watch is on the air. I'll pay because you can stop. It's not like you got to sign up for a year. Game of Thrones, for example, goes for ten weeks, twelve weeks, or something with one week break or something like that, and it's ten episodes over twelve weeks. So that's three months of the subscription I pay for, and then I cut it off. Then I don't pay for it for the rest of the you year. You just pay for when you use it. Pay for when you use it. You go to hell, Gary Hughes. That's a terrible person. That's a terrible, terrible person. I don't think so. You're like the guy who only hires the guy to cut his grass in the summer. <laughs> I don't hire a guy. I cut my own. I'm just damn saying grass. there are people who do that. The grass cutters tell me about it, and the, and, and the grass cutter guys. It's like you know, during the summer they're at your house twice a week, right? And then during the winter they're at your house twice a month, right? And they charge you the same thing every single month. Yeah. And there are people who go, well, that's bull because you know during the winter you only here twice a month, and I'm still paying you the same price. No, you don't understand. It's prorated. Dude. Those are the same cheap bastards that steal extra ketchup packets from I'm McDonald's just saying, when they get a burger. It's prorated. If they charge you by the visit, then you would be paying twice as much during the summer. But they. Never know they're going to get this money during the winter when they only have to come out half as much and so they rate you know for the course of the year this is how much it would be and we're going to charge you monthly and then you screw them by not paying them during the downtime and paying the reduced price during the high time so speaking of paying monthly i uh, recently just canceled a gym membership <laughs> because do you, you ever had a gym membership I yes. mean, you don't look like you have but you might oh, have that's good <laughs> Uh, the, the thing, How long did you work on that? Uh, just now, which That's is really good amazing. for me. It's amazing. Snappy. They, 
you know how hard it is to cancel a gym membership? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I remember I had a gym, a membership to LA Fitness years ago. And um, I went in to, and they, and this was before you could even sign up online or anything. And I went into to LA Fitness and they wouldn't, I couldn't cancel my gym membership in the place. They said, here's an address. You have to write a certified letter with your intent to cancel your membership. And then in 90 days, then we'll stop taking money out of your bank account. You know, I mean, that's how severe. So I had a Planet Fitness membership and I joined Planet Fitness that was over in a certain part of town because I had a buddy of mine who was going to go with me and his work was right there. So I pick him up at his work after leaving my studio and we go to the gym that was right by his work and then we both leave. And so that was sort of our routine. Anyway, he's changed jobs now. So my gym is all the way on the other side of town. So I got to cancel the gym membership. I go on the website. No way to cancel your membership online. And I'm like, I got to go in there and I got to look like the manager in the face and be like, yes, I'm fat and I gave up. <laughs> like a gym. Right. And then they try to sell you. Oh, we'll give you two months free. He's like, I just don't want to deal with it. So we're going in. Julie and I go into the bank the other day because we've been married four years and um, we have never consolidated our bank account. So we finally consolidate all of our bank accounts, put everything together. And we had to decide because we're both with Bank of America, whose bank accounts to to get rid of. You know, we had to decide, do we drop hers and put hers in mine or we drop mine and put mine in hers? And, and so I'm sitting there and we're trying to make a decision. I go, you know what? It's like, my gym membership comes out of my bank account. You can take mine. Take yeah. mine. <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> and there's nothing, somebody. In nothing, the, <laughs> nothing irks me more. If you have any hope of me ever coming back to your service, your website or whatever, just make it hard for me to cancel and see if I ever come back because there's nothing that pisses me off worse than when I want to stop a subscription or cancel a service and you hide it from me online. You hide it. You know, it should be right there, an easy button. Cancel my subscription. Damn, there cheese it is. of the easy. month club. Oh, you know, you make it. Has there anyone in the history of the world who has said, I need to cancel this thing? <sighs> I can't. I can't find the can. Ah, I'll screw it. I'll it. just keep paying for it for the rest Everybody of my life. Everybody who's ever had a gym membership. Well, <laughs> maybe. Because there's a certain amount of shame with canceling a gym membership. Right. It's but quitting. I'm just saying, if you, I'm not that person. I, now you have just, I am going to redouble my efforts to cancel. <laughs> and furthermore, I am never, ever coming back because you have made it difficult. So take that with you as you go on your way today. Yes, I'm trying to think. I, the whole time I'm thinking, is there some way I can spin this into a <laughs> photography-related thing? No, not at all. Okay. But there are some photography-related things coming up that we would like to remind you about. Yes indeed we are going to be speaking in south carolina this is a big deal we are very excited about this south carolina at their big uh, convention up there gary and i will both be appearing we will both be speaking gary will be teaching on headshots i will be teaching on wedding photography and we would be doing the photobomb live photobomb live podcast we'll be doing the podcast live at the convention you can find the information online it's the uh, north uh, south carolina uh charleston south carolina is where it's at and i don't know the web address it's the pp of sc I think that's right. Professional Photographers of South Carolina. There you go, PBSC. If you Google that, you will be able to find it. You know, here's another thing. You know, when people give out web addresses online, on on, on radio and on, on podcasts, I don't think you should even hardly do that because I, no one, I never type that in. If, if you said to me, oh, I'm, you're, I'm speaking in South Carolina, and here's the web address. There aren't a lot of times where I type in an exact No, .com. I would just go to Google, and I would put in South Carolina Photographers Convention. Even and then, when I go to Netflix, I just type you Netflix type in, in and hit enter, and right. I click on the first link. So when we're doing the show here, and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't, know, what the po- I don't know what the web address is for that. I don't think we need it. If anybody it. wants to go, they'll find it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is happening is that uh, I will be speaking and teaching at the uh, Imaging USA. So proud of you. In January. So, so proud of you. Yes, yeah, so proud of you. Uh, I'll be speaking and teaching at Imaging USA, and uh, that's coming up on the uh, like 18th, 19th, and 20th of January. That is correct. We talked about your book already, or did we talk about your book? Uh, we did at the beginning, or did we not? I think we mentioned your book, but yeah, Gary has a book coming out next that's year. That's right. Don't have a, a title yet, and it's going to go up on pre-sale soon on Amazon, which would be really cool, but thanks to 
Amherst Media for um, trusting me to corrupt the minds of the future generations of photographers. But it's going to be really cool. It's going to be 60 different uh, headshot techniques, and it's going to be, um, I think that most of the time those books retail for about 30 bucks. That's a lot, 60 yeah, I wouldn't think there would be that many. Yeah, it took me a long time to find sixty. <laughs> <laughs> when I talked to the publisher, I was like, "Yeah, I was like, so uh, what do you want the book?" I was like, "Well, I could do this." He goes, "No, we want there to be lots and lots of. Di- we want a lot of value in the book, and their format is typically sixty images, and then you write up." And he said, "But they all need to have something different about them." So I'm like. Well, shit. Yeah, so I started going through work. everything, and I mean, it took me a while, but I got there's sixty unique techniques. And things about different headshots that are going to be really, really cool. Rather than just learn this one way of doing things, it'll be 60 different headshot techniques. So it'll be really cool. And if you're a member of the Professional Photographer Association of America and PPA and you get the Professional Photographer magazine, look for an article in there coming out soon that I wrote on bar mitzvahs. If you're not shooting bar mitzvahs, you should be. And there I wrote an article about And bot mitzvahs. Yes. Oh, yes. Bar mitzvahs. And, and bar bot mitzvahs, bot mitzvahs bar bot which mitzvahs. are mitzvahs for hermaphrodites. Oh, that's just wrong. <laughs> And I think that's it. That's all we've got to promote. Thank you, everybody, for writing in your questions. We do appreciate it. We will always, always, always get to your questions on the show, that's as right. long as they're not dumb. So send, send us questions. To, yeah. Questions at photobombpodcast.com. You can find us online at photobombpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find Gary at HughesFioretti.com. Very nice. You can find me at BooRayPerry.com, and we will see you next week. See you later. Mm-hmm.